me hey man adam geez louise it's been some time it, it feels like it's been a long we haven't even been texting or talking as much as normal no what's happened to us look i'm not one to point fingers why are you pointing a finger at me <laughs> then i don't understand i'm playing We're, we've both been busy but busy good um sure some of it that doesn't sound promising. Some of it's some of it's good. You know how it goes. It's a roller coaster. There's high points and there's low points. What's new? What's new in your? Should we introduce the show? I think yeah, we should do that formality. Piece. Let's do the let's do the let's do the introducing of the show formality. Take it away. Well, this is modern dadhood. Let me try it again. That didn't feel natural. Oh. This is Modern Dadhood, an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. I'm Adam Flaherty. I've got uh, two girls who are nine and six. And you, my friend? My name is Mark Checkett, and I have twin boy five-year-olds. Remember when I used to say twin toddlers? Remember that? You used to say twin boy toddlers. Twin yep. boy toddlers. That was a kind of a cute thing. It rolled yeah. off the tongue nicely. They're not toddling around anymore. Soon you'll be saying twin boy kindergartners. Oh, man. We should also say the other stuff that we say at the top of the episode. Sure. You know, things like uh, if you're a regular listener of Modern Dadhood, welcome back. If you're a new listener, uh, welcome. Welcome. Just welcome. Period. You can find all of our massive library of episodes at moderndadhood.com massive i think so pretty big we're pushing 90 man well when you put it like that you can also find them on apple podcasts amazon music stitcher spotify or wherever else you listen we would invite you to subscribe if you like what you're hearing please give us a five-star rating and give us a couple positive words of a review because that's how other people are going to find out about the show you could say, I like show. That's enough. You don't have to do any more than that. Good shit. Yeah. But the I is an asterisk. You could do, you could just do noise. You could also tell a friend in person about the show. Say, hey, I'm listening to this podcast, Modern Dadhood. They had a hilarious episode with comedian Dustin Nickerson recently. You should check it out. And that friend might in return say noise. They say noise. Yeah. I mean, it really like it hasn't been that long since we <laughs> since we've talked or recorded an episode. But mm. I do feel like in the last couple of months, my girls have changed a lot, like just yeah. grown up a lot. Yeah. And it's exciting and it's weird and it's scary. I do. I find myself I'm more tired lately. I don't know if it's the kids, if it's my age. You got, you got a lot going on, you know, professionally, too. And yeah, I think it's demanding a lot of your time and attention. Yeah. I was thinking about last night after I put the boys down, I was thinking about our recording session tonight. We're, we're going to be recording a little bit on the later side tonight because of our uh, guest. I'm very, yeah. I'm very excited about, but it's a little late. And uh, I sat down on the couch. It was probably like 830. And I was like, well, I'll use tonight as like a quick test to see <clears throat> how much energy do I really have at around <laughs> 10. And I must have fallen asleep in minutes. Yeah, Like I woke up at one in the morning on the couch all the lights are on. I had no idea where I was, what was happening. 
there was an open bag of uh, popcorn just on my chest, <laughs> you know, like it was, I, I don't know how far I even got into that thought. I wonder how I'll feel at 10. I fell asleep so hard, so fast. So, and you woke up like you would on a Sunday morning in college, just with food yes. over you. Yes. Legs akimbo. You know that phrase? <laughs> yeah. I think I know what that means. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned our guest briefly. Uh, our guest is comedian and fellow podcaster Dustin mm-hmm. Nickerson, who I uh, saw do a stand-up set when I was traveling for work a few months ago. He was hilarious. He talks about his kids a lot. They're a big part of his live uh, set. And I thought he'd be a great guy to chat fatherhood with. So Dustin Nickerson will be joining us soon. A great pick, man. Good eye. You know, there's big things in dad news these days. What? I was just bopping around the internets and there's, there's there's big things in dad news right now. There's, we've got, there's a, there's a, we've got Robert De Niro. Familiar? Familiar with Robert De Niro? Yeah. I call him uh, Bob, but yes, I know you're talking about. Yeah. No, so do I, of course. Our, our listeners probably know him better as, as Robert De Niro, the actor. Um, Just like to say congratulations to him. He just became a dad for the seventh time. And, and I know what you're going to say next, because uh-huh. I saw the headline today, too. Yeah. And then <clears throat> Al Pacino said, hold my prune juice. <laughs> Eight, hold my prune juice. <laughs> my 83-year-old balls just produced another new human, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a uh, couple of months in, in dad news here. Do you think that they planned it? Like I, they, They're I, close, aren't they? I <laughs> Oh, with one another? Hmm. Um, God, I don't know. That would make the whole thing even that just that much weirder. I mean, they, they've got a text weird. Yeah. Al Pacino has a, 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 a fourth on the way. He's currently 83 and you got Bobby D dad times seven at age 79. His age, you listen to this age range for, uh, his kids range from infant to 51. That's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty wild when you put it that way. Not only could the eldest be the baby's parent. Easy. Yeah. Could also be the grandparent. Yeah. Good for them. Also, like the in both of those cases, the kids are going to grow up not knowing their dads. That's the, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of odd things to consider here, but that's definitely one of the first one that I, I thought of. Like you'll have like a zillion stories of how legendary your dad was. Yeah. Which is cool. You're not really going to know. But yeah, you won't know them personally. I guess at the very least, unlike when we were kids, this baby will have photos and videos of them with their dad. Well, now for some uh, lighter dad news. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, it's a good time to segue anyway, because his name did just appear in the waiting room. So let's invite Dustin into the chat. Dustin Nickerson is a stand-up comedian whose newest special is Runs in the Family, which you can watch for free on YouTube. He's also a podcaster, an author, a husband, a dad of three. He's currently on tour. You should check and see if he's playing in your city. Go to DustinNickerson.com. 
for that. And Dustin, thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, it's great to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. You get to see me in kind of my uh, truest road element, which is the hotel <laughs> yeah. late at night. With uh, it's very glamorous. There's a bed and there's probably a dirty shirt there. A LaCroix. Uh, it's very, it's very, it's very exciting. So uh, I think I mentioned to you when I first reached out that, so I'm in, in the very Southern tip of Maine, but I saw you down in Durham, North Carolina. You were opening for Taylor Tomlinson. Uh, you had a great set. It was hilarious. And uh, so I started following you on social media and then it just felt like suddenly you were everywhere. And Mark <laughs> sort of had a similar uh, uh experience you have a crazy social media game are you you're you're like omnipresent is that does it feel like that to you no that just means your phone was listening to you that's all <laughs> no it's, uh, i would love to take credit for that as uh you know oh man what a guru i am but <laughs> that that sounds like your phone tracked your whereabouts and your conversations and your listening patterns and because, oh, they like this. Well, here he is on every app. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't have an OnlyFans. That's where I draw the line, I suppose. Oh, Not yet. At least. Not, Not yet. yet. Not yet. We'll see don't if the work the stays busy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of busy, I mean, you seem to be touring, like, relentlessly. And it, has it been that way for a long time? Yeah, you know, the, the comics are kind of always on tour. We just, we tour very differently than bands. Like, Bands go out for like two, three months at a time, nonstop. They get in the bus, they put the hook the trailer up, they go. Comics, we pretty much just go out, at least those of us who tour a lot. We leave around a Thursday, Friday, and we come home around a Sunday, Monday every week. So it's it's essentially a weekend job, you know. And then four or five days a week, we're just as present as possible. You know, you really go from... Like as a dad, you really, it's like a hundred percent or zero percent and nothing in between, you know? Hmm. When I saw you, uh, I think you guys were just about to go over to the UK. Were yep. you on that leg of the tour? Yeah, that was right before those, those Carolina shows, the uh, Greenville and then Durham. I did. I, and then I met, she did a couple dates without me. And then I met her in Oslo. We did our Oslo Amsterdam, Brussels, London, and Dublin. So I know that sometimes you'll bring your family along or like bring one of your kids. Is that something yeah. where you, you brought anybody with you or is that Mel, just like... Mel, Mel joined me. My wife came out on that one. She met us there and that was fantastic. Yeah. I bring a kid when I can. It doesn't always work out. It's much easier when it's my dates. Taylor's not like, yeah, bring a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Understandably right. so. And, right. um, so yeah, that one was great though. And, 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 and there'll be times like a New York or like a Vegas or a Nashville, like there's certain times where Mel will be like, Hey, I want to go to that one. You're like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Uh, so you mentioned Mel, your wife a couple of times. Um, tell us a little bit about your kids. You've got three kids. What are their, what are three their kids? Age? Yeah. Joel, Ranges. he's, uh, about to, he's 16. He's about to get his license. He's about to finish his sophomore year in high school. Gloria, she's 14. And then our youngest, Claire, is nine. 16. It's wild. Like, Man. it's because I remember exactly what it feels like to be a 16 year old. You know, that's yeah. not like yeah. 
you know, nine, you're like, oh, I've got some memories. But you're like 16. You're like, no, I know what that's like. And I know now as a dad, I'm like, I know what I'm saying and what my dad said to me, which is like, we all feel this way. It's not so hard. We all go through that. I know objectively that's true, but I also know that there's no way they can believe me (laughs) (laughs) because it is, Uh I don't know if there's anything harder than being a teenager. I mean, I just, the pressures of those years and then also the lack of perspective you have on the world to know, to know that high school is not everything when in the moment it sure feels like everything. It's your job, your education, it's your social group, it's your sports. Everything is tied in to these several hundred or however big a school, unless you're homeschooled, Mm -hmm. then it's truly everything. But (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's tough, but navigating them through these waters, is just like a totally, it's like teaching my kid how to drive right now. It's wild. Like I've yeah, been doing wow. some freeway drives with Joel and the first one is just so scary. And you realize like, oh, you know nothing about this. <laughs> you know, you weren't obtaining any of this as we were learning how to drive. And now this last one we did with him, we just did an hour drive, 30 minutes away, 30 minutes back. And I was like, I was bored. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I have like a kid who can drive on the freeway what a game changer you know it's in it's 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 wild to think back to like to that mindset because i remember sort of i remember getting my license and then taking that first drive i borrowed my brother's station wagon (laughs) (laughs) station wagons are station wagons are very cool uh and so then you have this sort of like newfound sense of like freedom also, yeah. which then gives you this sort of feeling of like, oh, now I know everything. It's this yes. weird connection to like, now I, now I really know everything. You sort yeah. of fake, you know, this feeling of being an adult or something, even though, as you put it, you're like, you really don't know anything. And you're like, you're so far away from that still at that. Yeah. Age. Like my son's getting really into like, uh, he likes to like thrift shop and then sell that stuff like vintage. Oh, cool. Cause you know, vintage oh, wow. is cool. And it's cool. We appreciate the like hustle and the aspiration and stuff. And he buys it cheap and, and he gets on like, you know, these like exchange sites like Depop and stuff like that and, and sells them. And Mm -hmm. he's, he, but we're like, even just basic ideas of be like, dude, I made, I mean, you know, I sold this shirt for $16 and I bought it for four. And you're like, well, how much did it cost to ship? Right. Right. (laughs) And how much does the website Uh take? And how much, how big is your inventory? You're like, you, I, I understand that you're like, I just made $12 and you're like, you actually lost three. <laughs> it's you're adorable. I think it's really you're, but you know, but that, that confidence that you're right. And that's so much, I don't know. It's uh it's that last, like he, he, you know how they talk about like, with like your, sometimes you get like a teenager and you lose him for a while and then you get him back. He's mm-hmm. definitely very much in like the kind of getting back, like, yeah we feel much closer to him than we did for previous years. Whereas our other, our middle schooler, Gloria, you're like, I mean, you just hate our guts. You don't know. Yeah. She's in it now, <laughs> you know, but, and you know, that's important, but it still hurts your feelings. Oh my God. I'm not looking forward to that. My, I've got two girls who are nine and six. So my oldest is the it, same age as your youngest. And I, mm-hmm. I know that that's coming soon. Like she, yeah, you're right there. Yeah. It's pretty, she loves us, yeah. but I know that she's just going to despise me like before I know it. And I'm, yep. t- I'm terrified of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then having the other one, like that our youngest is a girl and the middle's a girl. 
that kind of grew up the nine year old a little faster, mm. which means she's already starting to hate us quite a bit. You're like, fun, <laughs> fun. I hope this means you get over it earlier too, not yeah. just it lasts longer. I was just thinking, like, so I have two kids. They're the same age. They're twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how we did that. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, um, and I like I, I would I, if it were me, and I had a, a a child who's starting to turn away, and then I had a younger child. I'd almost feel like I'm going to go to that younger child to try to get some of that like yeah. love but does that happen do you oh, do yeah that? it's why people ha- keep having kids too <laughs> you know it's yeah. so you're like oh well i'll just have a new youngest one <laughs> mm-hmm. they'll love me mm-hmm. yeah i think especially yeah. too when the, you haven't fostered the marriage you know mm. when you're like man there's something here that i really really need you know because yeah. i'm not getting it elsewhere right. you know mm. i remember i was holding baby joel and uh the there was another dad an older t- dad who looked at him and he goes uh 18 summers and i go what and he goes you get 18 summers with this kid and it was like at the moment you're like yeah whatever I, that's forever that's an and in forever amount of time. Mm-hmm. And now we're about to finish. We're starting our 15th or 16th with him. You're like, oh, oh my gosh, that's, that's it. And, 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 and then next year, you're like, he'll probably get a job next year as we look at colleges too. So yeah. it's like, you do that thing. Like, he's like, this is prob this summer is probably our summers, our family's last big summer vacation as a family oh, unit man. like this, which is crazy to that's think so about. Crazy. Yeah. And I don't think that like, and I don't mean that in like the time goes by so fast time flies because those years, what's the old adage? Like the days, the days are long, but the years are short. And right. there, that is truth. But also like, it feels like it's been 16 years to me. That feels <laughs> right. But that element of, oh, that feeling that I had that I got from this, the unconditional love that a child shows you when they're too, too dumb to know that there should be some conditions to their love to you, or at least some restrictions, (laughs) (laughs) like that you aren't, you are worthy of unconditional love. Yes, but you are not perfect and you are wildly flawed. There's an old Oscar Wilde quote where he says, when you're young, you love your parents. When you age, you hate them. And then sometimes eventually you forgive them. Mm. And I think there is an element of truth to that. And that's what a lot of people are are really. Yes, those years are cute. But really, sometimes what you're yearning for is that just like, oh, my gosh, there was just such an unbridled love from you. Mm. And no, I hate you because I don't have a new iPhone. <laughs> Man, I, I felt like I heard the uh, a little bit of the, the youth pastor come out there for, for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still in there. <laughs> uh, uh, in thinking uh, just a little more about uh, Joel, who's uh, 16 driving, you know, and then thinking about, you know, whatever's next college, you know, apartment, whatever. Is that scary? Yeah. He is not a reckless kid. He's very safe. He's very, he's our only neurotypical kid. There's an element of where we really, we have two Gen Z's and a Gen Alpha kid that what we actually worry about is like, well, what, what are they going to do? Like, where do they go? There's not this bright world of, 
Because every institution that was like promised to them is not what it was. College, the workforce, you know, the church, (laughs) all these like institutions that were like known and trustworthy and good and will help you are they're like they they haven't all crumbled. But like the curtain has kind of been pulled back on them and that they're the you know, it'll be really interesting to see how Gen Z and Gen Alpha behind them, what they do for education and professions, because there's yeah. there's not a lot of career, clear career paths anymore. You right. know, yeah. I was talking to somebody recently about you know the uh, is it five twenty nine account and how we we have them set yeah. up for both of our daughters for their call. You know, not that there's a lot of money in there, but like we try to like put a little bit in there when we can. But now I'm thinking like I don't know if higher education is going to exist in the same way that it does now. I like, I don't want to put money in there and have it right. disappear because they yeah don't choose to go to college because they don't need to for whatever careers they want to move into. Yeah. And certainly not. But I also am like very fascinated to see how they'll navigate it. Like it's exciting to me that Gen Z is probably going to create new jobs and new workforces and new ideas and, um, and pioneer their own, thing if for no other reason that they have to they have to yeah (laughs) they have to that's terrifying any chance of keeping up they have to i'm not in a hurry to get rid of them i like having them around and i think that some of that is the stigma around us as parents that used to be what successful parenting was Mm. was they graduate they go off to school they get a good job. They never live with you again because mm-hmm. they got a good job. And I think that that's all changing in real time, too. Yeah. It's for the best because there's so many. I mean, I meandered a bunch of different jobs and had no idea what I wanted to do until I showed up to my first open mic when I was 27. You know, wow. I didn't even I hadn't even started the career that I would end up having until I was 27. I, I wasn't. It wasn't like, uh, oh, what am I doing? Where's my purpose? I liked the job enough. But there was that element. You're like, is this what I want to do like forever, forever? Because I, I liked this as a job. It was the best day job I ever had. But, it, you know, it, it wasn't who I wanted to be. It wasn't what my identity I wanted to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, my kids, I had two kids. Yeah, young kids at the time. And like... An open mic is like below an internship. <laughs> like <laughs> an, an internship has some level of dignity to it. An open mic, you don't even tell people you're doing it because it's embarrassing, you yeah, know. Wow. But you must have gotten some level of validation from it to know that you wanted to yeah. continue. I knew I wanted to do it that while I was on stage experiencing it. Yeah, it was one of those like, and that's what's great about stand-up because people come up they're like, oh, I've always wanted to try it. I, I always thought I could do it or I wanted to. And I always say the same thing. I go, do it. You will know right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mm-hmm. won't necessarily, and if you like it, that doesn't mean necessarily you'll be a professional at it, but you'll know if you want to keep yeah. going. But it there's a lot of people who quit after the first time because it's, not what you thought it was going to be because you watched a stand-up special or you went to a show or you saw the comedy club, the comedy club, and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to be that. And you're like, it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, that's, if you're funny at a party, that's like winning 
Thanksgiving football, like and mm-hmm. comparing yourself to the NFL is just a different thing. It's going to be a lot more work to get there and it's yeah. going to suck most of the way. It's mm-hmm. so bad and so hard at first mm-hmm. that you really, you really got to want it. Did you have your sights set on stand up comedy for a while before you took the leap to do that open mic? Yeah. I mean, stand up was always like, I grew up in love with stand up, still am. It's like my favorite thing in the world. I love just the audacity of it. It's such a silly, dumb thing that exists. It's very American. Everyone sit down and listen to me talk, you know? Um, But I've always loved it. And it was almost like a bucket list thing for me. Like, I'm going to try it once before I die. And now that I'm 27, I'm almost dead. So I guess I'll start now. Um, (laughs) See the end. So I thought about it. I like carried around jokes that I'd want to do and stuff like that. But I had not. It wasn't in my sights to pursue as a career because you don't even know how to do it at first. Mm-hmm. How does that sort of like big it's I don't want to use the phrase career change because like 27 is is still pretty young, like objectively. But you've made the point before that, like in the world of stand up comedy, that's like pretty late to get into it. Yeah, it's very late. But now you've been at it for 10 plus years. How did does that experience of sort of making a career shift and sort of committing to something at that age shape the conversations that you have with your kids about thinking about what they might want to do with their life or, or trying different things. There's no profession that my kids can suggest to me that I can say like, that's ridiculous (laughs) because I have this job, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it's this, uh, if they want to be like, I want to be a YouTuber, I can't be like, well, I guess I do too. I'm on there, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think what's great about it, and I hope that they understand this, and my my two oldest will for sure. Like, they'll know they'll have the freedom to pursue whatever their goal, their dream, their ambition, their passion may be. But they'll also have a pretty big understanding of the work ethic that it will take to get there Mm. because they witnessed it. They witnessed, I worked two jobs for five years, you know, like for the better part of five years, when I first started working the road, I would open the rec center at four in the morning and then leave around 11, 12 and go get on a plane and go somewhere for that weekend and then sleep in the airport on Sunday night to not pay for the hotel, come home, shower and go to work on Monday. Mm, Like, so they'll understand. And then they also see like mom and dad have the podcast and they build in this way. And dad learned how to edit videos during the pandemic. And like, they just, they'll see the work and not in a way that they'll, I'm hopefully not in a way that they'll resent the sacrifice. I don't think, I I just, I think that they, they'll understand kind of the hustle behind it. Um, There's, I mean, there's a really important distinction in there, I think to make, because you're, you're doing that in pursuit of something that you absolutely love and makes you happy and f- fulfills you, right? Whereas it's totally plausible that the same scenario could exist, except you're busting your ass at a job that you hate mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and that just crushes you, you know, yeah. and that happens that that happens to a lot of people, you know? Yeah. And I think that like, um, the message of the movies and the Incredibles was when he was not fulfilled in his job, he was not as present at home. And, mm. and I think that there is a, 
whether or not that's a message that people want to endorse, it is a real thing that people can feel. And I think that in, in society, men are often attached, their identities attached to their job, their livelihood, how much money they make. And when that's not going well for them, that can be very crushing, you know, and it doesn't give you an excuse to be a, to be, you know, not present or involved and yell at your kids or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. But, uh, you know, it's, it does explain some of it. And so I do think that there is, um, absolutely an element to that, but then also to show your kids like, yeah, this is super hard work still too. Mm -hmm. like, this isn't going to be handed to you. And now whether or not they'll resent me for it, Time will tell. <laughs> sure. But as I, I, it's a huge insecurity. It's a huge worry of mine. I think about right. it often, which makes me so much even more grateful for Mel, who is just this involved in the business as well, but is also just this like model of stability and, and like steadiness for them in the home. Um, when, I, at what point in your comedy did like the family aspect, like talking about kids, talking about marriage and, and, and so on and so forth. When did that become sort of central to the material or was it always there? You know, when I first started, I would just like tell these stories about like, look at this funny thing my kid did. It was very much like kids say the darndest things. (laughs) And, and then I kind of like got a little like embarrassed that all my stuff was about marriage and family. Hmm. And I felt like I didn't really relate to the, what the other comics were saying. And they were just talking about more edgy or more interesting things. And sometimes I would do these, cause you do so many bad shows early on that you're like these bar shows and the, you know, just these open mics and you're just like, gosh, is this all like too wholesome for you guys? Plus I work hmm. clean and mm-hmm. yeah. just like, and I kind of got away from it for a little bit. Not that I was never clean, but I was like, well, I'll write more generically. And then it was just like, yeah, but that's not who I am. And Mm -hmm. I I can't draw from anything else. Like my family is the central anchor point of my life. Mm -hmm. And really everything that I talk about stems from it. Even if I'm making political jokes, it yeah. usually still stems somewhere from me being a dad, being my being a husband, being my father's son and that yeah. relation stuff. It really is. It's all family stuff. And when I first got past at the comedy store in La Jolla, I like I would always ask to go last. I would do the last spot of the night wow. in Hollywood. It's called the Kinnison spot. And I would go in and I would just go I would get on at like 10.02, 10.15 because my kids were down. Yeah. I would like, yeah. My wife was pregnant for a good chunk of it. She's like, yeah, go, I'm going to sleep. Go do your little podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that there are you, your favorite comic often will be someone that you resonate with, but you can enjoy. And th- this is I mean, this yeah. conversation is a good example of that, like. It's people, the dads, the moms, the married folks in the audience that like come by the book, follow me online. How Mm. can I get more of what you are offering? Yeah. 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 People are going to, people are going to connect in different ways, you know, for, for different reasons. There's something really nice to me about the, about your comedy. That's just, it's, it's like, 
getting the permission to laugh about this stuff. I mean, and this is a little bit why we do this show. It's not that we just sit here and laugh about shit all the time, but like there's something cathartic about, about hearing somebody else talk about something that maybe somebody without kids wouldn't really see the humor in, but you do. Cause you, you get it on like a different level, you know, cause you've been there or it sounds kind of familiar and, and being able to laugh at some of the, the things that, when you're in it are hard to laugh at sometimes, you know, there are these moments that are kind of hard to laugh at. So it's nice to have the permission from time to time. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think you, I think you're articulating exactly what stand-up comedy is as a form of entertainment, which is this person is putting words to things that I have felt yeah. But I have not said or I have not articulated mm-hmm. or I'm not allowed to say yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in social settings and in groups. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly that's kind yeah. of the secret of what stand up is and why it's just that it's very cathartic. You know, um, Pete Holmes has that great bit about you don't know how to react in magic because there's like surprise. But what do you say? How do you? And that's what's nice about. <laughs> Yeah. Stand up is it's actually kind of an involuntary thing. Yeah. I may if, as long as you walk in and you decide to be vulnerable. Right. Which mm-hmm. is because if you have your guard up, because to, to laugh, you kind of have to be vulnerable because it's yeah. a laugh. is kind of like saying amen. It's almost mm-hmm. kind of like agreeing with you, you know, mm-hmm. Um and if you can do that and you can walk into a comedy, you're like, you can really connect with what that person is saying up there. So yeah. you articulated what stand up is. So you nailed All right. the mark. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Dads and moms listening. Uh, Dustin mentioned uh, his book a couple times during the conversation. It's called How to Be Married to Melissa. He uh, has a podcast, which is fantastic, called Don't Make Me Come Back There, which I've been really enjoying. Full stand-up specials available on YouTube. All of this can be found uh, from your website, DustinNickerson.com, including all your social platforms. You can find right there on the website. Uh, Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll uh, see you guys around, and uh, thanks for having me. Well, 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 this has been another episode of Modern Dadhood. If you want to hear other episodes of this show featuring different guests, you can go to our website, which is moderndadhood.com. Hit the uh, listen now or episodes button or you'll figure it out. All of them are there. Guests like guests such such as. Oh, guests such as Sesame Street's Emilio Delgado, rest in peace. SNL alum Bobby Moynihan. Comedian Michael Ian Black. Um, um, Captain Winston E. Scott, former astronaut. My friend Josh. My, one of my longest friends from preschool, Kevin White. Shane Burkhoff. Of Squirming and Grubs. Of Squirming and Grubs fame. Guests such as Matt Gorley. That's a popular episode. Uh, other other guests such as comedian and actor and writer Michael Ian Black. I said that one. <coughs> you did? Yeah, I think that was the second second or third one. Guests such as actor Terry O'Quinn. 
Uh, so yeah, all of our episodes are there. You can also find us wherever you listen to podcasts. That's uh, maybe Apple or Amazon Music or Stitcher or Spotify or Pocket Casts. Do a favor for somebody that you care about and purchase a Modern Dadhood t-shirt or a dad hoodie for them in their size. It will ship to you or directly to them if you want with a free sticker. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. That's where we do all, all of our most serious business, the business side of, of the show. Um, just search for Modern Dadhood and on all of those platforms. You can um, hit us up via email. Did you say that part? At hey at moderndadhood.com. That's H-E-Y. Send us a message, sign up for the email list, all that good stuff. Special thanks to Casper Baby Pants and mm. to Spencer Albee for the music in our podcast. Thanks to our friend Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for making us sound so great. Uh, check out all of his uh, audio production and post-production services, as well as his music composition and scoring at redvaultaudio.com. The man's a real wizard. Thanks to Dustin Nickerson for taking time out of his very busy schedule to join us. And uh, there's another one. I know what it is. What is it? It's thank you for listening.